come nobody's ever tried to be a superhero? Well, I don't know. Probably because it's impossible. Putting on a mask and helping people? How's that impossible? Dude, if anybody did it in real life, they get their ass kicked. Hey, there's a dude just like a superhero defending a bunch of guys. Who are you? I'm Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass has become the latest internet phenomenon. This is awesome. It's actually pretty good. He should call himself Ass Kick instead. <laughs> Tool up, honey buddy. It's time to get bad guys. This guy comes out of nowhere. This would be the guy that looks like Batman. You're telling me one guy killed eight of my men tonight? I gotta send a public service message that being a superhero is bad for your health. So you wanna play? Who are you? I'm Hit Girl. And that's Big Daddy. And, and welcome back to the Film Real Cast, where if you want to be a superhero, we've got the guide for you. Yes, we are going to do Kick-Ass, the first one. The second one's going to come next week. But will this film Kick-Ass, or will it be more an ass kick? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what an intro. You did it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you is... are a superhero yourself. He is, isn't he? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. How much relief are you feeling now, mate? I'm so much relief I passed wind, and I'm so glad I didn't come out on the audio bit. <laughs> quite loud. I can put a sound effect in, don't worry about it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. Um, no, but there, there we go. Um, and to be fair to you, if you weren't with us today, I'd be convinced that you have a cameo in the film within the first minute. But we'll get to that. Oh, what the kid jumps off the fucking building. He's a yeah. nutcase. Cheers, Cheers, the best Iron Man impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who are old enough, Condor Man, but I don't think ah, they're yes. old enough. So. Oh, I don't know but, who that is. So, Whatever. we've obviously not spoken about this, and this is going to contain spoilers, and no doubt it will contain extremely foul language, especially depending on how the film goes. We don't know, as usual, which way people will go, will they, like John Wick, not have any taste and just, or not understand it? So just for the sake of being comfortable, say it's a shit film. Who knows um, which way it's going to go? Yeah, are you referring to yourself there? I don't know. I was just putting that bait out there, see you uh, take a little nibble. <laughs> <laughs> he caught me, to be fair. I tried not to buy it. No, he said John Wick. He, he, he didn't say John Wick too, he said John Wick. Ah, uh, John Wick. Yeah, John Wick is a good film too. You're right. I didn't have to. I knew the bait was there. That was it. I was chucking the chum out. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so yeah, Stu's, Stu's going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> a bigger something. <laughs> so who's seen this film before uh, we decided to review it? I mean, it's 2010. It's pretty old. Very long time. Um, uh, I saw it at the cinema with my brother. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. Now it was kind of like, let's go and see it. Uh, the posters looked good. I hadn't really seen the trailers, and wow, I was uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you later what I felt, but yeah, there we go. I Mind wanted me. to go and see it at the cinema and couldn't, and then I purchased it for about 25 quid on Blu ray all those years ago and then never watched it. So, oh, really? Why is that? Uh, I don't know. I just I didn't fancy it. I think I started watching the beginning of it, and at the time I thought, oh my god, this is a pile of old crap. So I sort of wasted my money on it. But yeah. 
obviously we're doing it again and we'll have to see if my opinions changed blimey what about yourself Ravlar? A very long time ago it must have been on film four or something i just stuck it on the background so yeah it wasn't wasn't a i want to go see this it's, oh it's there might as well see it yeah yeah that's fair enough i mean i don't think i didn't see this at the cinema when it came out um and I just missed it. I really wanted to see it because I heard really good things about it, um, mainly due to the fact that I heard there was a 12-year-old girl, apparently, dropping the C-bomb, and it was extremely violent. But as usual, I was late to the party, and I just completely missed it. But I, mean, I think this film has really got... I don't know what, what you guys think. It's really got a Tarantino feel. I mean, Matthew Vaughan, who comes with, I think, a lot of pedigree with... Um, but producing roles, Lock, Stock, Mean Machine. Um, he did Layer Cake, Stardust, Harry Brown. I mean, it, f- Fantastic Four. You could probably <laughs> say goodbye to that one. But the, he's got, he does a lot of things, and I think um, the Kingsman as well. I could be wrong, but I mean, he's someone. If he did a film, a bit like, and he he does get knocked. Guy Ritchie, Tarantino, people like that, like British um, people who I'd. I'd want to go and see, and I, I like Matthew Vaughan. I think he's very, very good, and I, I think it's through me when at the start of this, when the Marv came up, and when I first watched this, and I didn't know any different. I thought, is this a, a, a shit Marvel ripoff, and they couldn't put the whole name in because it really, really threw me. But obviously, I did my research and realised that it isn't. It's just uh, Matthew Vaughan's own company, but. Oh. Yeah, that's what it is. But this was a comic, wasn't it? And it ha- does have Marvel links as well. Yeah, I don't know I don't if know you know that at all. Did not know that. No, I didn't know that at all, mate. No. Yeah. That's, that's news to me. I just thought it was sort of like a, a you know, sort of homage or, you know, a piss take of hit superhero films. I didn't realise it was a comic. Or even... Yeah, it was a... by... yeah it was Mark Miller created it and he did sell the publishing uh, distribution rights and Marvel paid um, to put the money out. They paid to get it so they could publish it and distribute it, but they don't own the rights, um, uh-huh. but the creator rights to it. And I think that there was only, and there was only eight comics. I think there was, a, or the, yeah, I think that's right. And it doesn't go totally in line with the film, uh, but Marvel quickly dropped it. But, so that they couldn't kind of bring it into like the MCU or anything like that if they really wanted to. But I mean, you can have no. Hit Girl fighting against Thanos or something <laughs> like that, which would be fucking excellent. But yeah, so Brad Pitt he produ- helped produce it with Matthew Vaughan. Hmm. So I saw his name in the credits. Rav, you love your comic books and anime and stuff like that. And I, out of everyone, I, I kind of thought you might i know we'll come to it as we watch the film might hate this the most i don't know why but i just thought you'd be extremely critical maybe i will be right as we go along but i just had a feeling out of this you'd hate it and just to wind me up and annoy me either neil or james would hate it as well just to fucking piss me off (laughs) (laughs) it's a tough one once we go through it i'll um I'll hear my views. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, and what I think is strange, and it came out obviously after this, 
that the the links with uh, the superheroes, not just for this film, but um, like post this film as well, where you've got Aaron Taylor Johnson, who obviously was uh, Quicksilver, and you've got um, Evan Peters, who was Quicksilver as well in both different universes, which one was in X-Men, one was in Age of Ultron, which is really strange that the coincidence that they're in the same film. It's really, really weird, isn't it? Especially when you see Aaron Taylor Johnson all grown up in Age of Ultron. Being having his token gesture part there as Quicksilver. I did not recognise him. I just realised now. Shit. Hmm. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Especially to have two Quicksilvers in one film. Yep. No, I did not. I've only just recognised. Just realised this now. That's uh, that's pretty bad on my part. <laughs> yeah. And once you see it, you, you do because I didn't see it straight away. And again, as I normally do, I watch these films and flick through IMDb and interviews and shit like that. And one interview came up. Quicksilver, and I thought, fucking hell, I did not realise that. But as soon as you see it, you think, yeah, that's right. Is he a rip-off of The Flash, or do you think that's really unfair? Um, I suppose he is, because... I don't know who, I don't know who was first, though, to be fair, out of the two. No, I honestly don't know. But, it, it, yeah, he is exactly the same, but you, you could say that about a lot of characters. You could say Tony Stark well, yeah, is the you, same yeah. as Batman, because they're just normal people. They just make stuff. Yeah, you, you could, but no, that Iron Man. I, I mean, I mean, Iron Man ripped off the atom, didn't they? Didn't they? I know you're trying to get me a bite. I, I really the know atom, that. You know? Oh, oh no, it's not working. You know, what I thought I thought that was guaranteed. <laughs> I fucking no. thought. When I lay that out there. I thought that little prick. He's going to take it. But no, 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 no. You've you've, you've basically pebble dashed to my strawberries now, Stu. That's a big failure for me. He's used to your ways, Jay. He's used to. He you. is what, gonna... one nil, one nil to few there. Yeah, yeah. Isn't oh, it? that's fucked me up. That has that, that, That's gonna that's gonna cut me now for the rest of the podcast. That's gonna. Uh... <laughs> Stu, well done, well done for not taking that bait. You're the bigger man. It was so difficult. Seriously, it really was. <laughs> it goes against everything I believe in. But um, Dave, <laughs> me off on that one. I was so much. The force is so strong. It's unbelievable. I really had to use a lot of force not to say fuck off. <laughs> but we'll get back to the film. The start of this is really good. The music's really good. You've got the commentary. Obviously, we don't know at the time it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, actually, let's look at the cast. We haven't spoken about the cast, no. have we? All the plot. Yeah, all the plot. So the plot is yeah, plot is quite it's quite interesting actually. It's quite original. Um, you've got Aaron Taylor Johnson as Dave Lewiski. And he's kick-ass. And you've got Evan Peters' friend Todd. You've got... Um, I've never... I haven't seen this other girl in anything. The one who plays the girlfriend, Lindsay Fonseca, who plays Katie. I can't pronounce her surname whatsoever. Um, and <laughs> Chris um, DeMarco. Or, he's, he's just McLovin. That is it, it is isn't it? Name. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? <laughs> McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What, are you trying to be an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. Yeah, I was between that and Muhammad. Absolutely. Yeah. McLovin. Yep. Yeah, McLovin. That is just... I, anything he's in, if you kind of say... Oh, did you see that film the other day? It had McLovin in. And that's it. He's, yeah. he's just the go-to reference. But um, Christopher Mintz Plassey, uh, Christopher Marco plays Red Mist also. Um... You've got Chloe Grace Moretz, who plays Mindy McCready, Hit Girl, 
And Nicolas Cage uh, plays Damien McCready and Big Daddy. I don't know if you've seen that last Nicolas Cage film. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, that film was called. I saw it um, when it came out. And it was it was good it was cage being like a bit of a parody of himself you know when he, he goes excessive he goes massive doesn't he and he's a massive comic book fan so he was well up for this but for me um totally unknown when i watched this 12 year old chloe grace moretz hit girl was just amazing uh, i just every time she was yeah. on screen i thought brilliant i wanted her on screen all the time well, she definitely stole the um stole the scene when she was she was one of the actors on it. Mm. Do you think Just it's, her attitude? And, mm, I, I completely agree. She's mental. But do you think it's I fair it's weird. to say her career's gone shit now? Um, she had a break. She had a break because she was lined up. Funny enough, before the um the reboot, she was favourite to play Ariel in the Little Mermaid reboot, and then she had a timeout. Is is what I'm what I'm led to believe. Due to what? Do you know? Don't know. Don't know. Oh, come on, it Jay. Is... It's half a story. No, come on. I I'm so sorry. I don't know. What, what I found weird about Hit Girl, though, she, um, Helen Hart, she was, at, at the time, the spitting image of, of my of, of my stepdaughter, which was really freaky. Oh, really? Um, when she was 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I showed you a picture, you'd be like, oh, my God. So, <laughs> no, not so much now, but, yeah, it's weird. But, no, I don't know why she had the, um, I don't know why she had the timeout. But then she definitely did, I'm sure, had a timeout or a break from... Uh, from Hollywood, I'm sure, because when you, I think when you looked in our IMDb, there will be a bit of a gap, but I don't know why. No, it's surprising though that she hasn't gone on to be like a massive talent. But I suppose if you say she had a time out, maybe she just didn't want to. The pressure of expectation on her of trying to land roles and the vanity of it, maybe she just wasn't up for that. I honestly don't know. She, she's I mean, she's still doing. She's still doing stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but nothing. She's not doing anything any good, is she? Um, not, that, not that I think. Well, you, well, you say good. Maybe she, she. Maybe she's one of these that's quite picky about what she does do. Um, I mean, has anyone seen her in anything bad? She's she's born ninety seven, so she's now twenty five years old. Um, the Tom and Jerry the movie. That's pretty fucking bad. Oh dear. Yes, that mean. Yeah. Was um, she in that? Or just lending a voice to it. No, no, she was actually. She in was it. in it. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. Take it back, I'd say. Yeah, um, afraid you're gonna have to. She's not been in anything good. That's really sad because I think then, then I yeah, hundred percent to you. It's one of these that people that you know it had potentially at one point everything going for her, and it's kind of gone a bit wrong. Yeah, sometimes just, happens with child actresses or actors, doesn't it? Though hmm. sometimes oh, they yeah. succeed and then uh, you know they don't want to do it or whatever. But it sounds, looks like she's did a lot of voice work rather than actually appearing in anything. Yeah, she's in the Adams Family, for example. I think it's Wednesday. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked at Kickass, even Kickass Two, two thousand thirteen. Uh, she, I have to say, she was really good in the remake of Carrie. It wasn't as good as the Sissy Spacey original one, but she was. I thought she was very good in Carrie. Mm. But after that, it's like Muppets Most Wanted and. She was good in the Equalizer, very good in the Equalizer. I, I enjoyed that. Um, but you're in a movie with Denzel Washington who can carry a film, and so yeah. the Fifth Wave that was terrible. That really was terrible film. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, we, I know we're not talking about the Kick-Ass sequel yet, but I'd, 
you could make an argument that she is the one person that really helps carry kick-ass too with the storyline they gave her and everything you, you know one of the centerpieces around that even more so than kick-ass himself but I'll, yeah. i guess we'll get into that next week no i completely agree i, I think I, 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 actually no we'll wait till the end with regards to carrying this film but the the, the start of this film as we said is really strange because when it's narrated and they talk about superheroes and the law of superheroes and why no one's done this before and it and you get that i love the music to this it's oh, so brilliant. so good it's really kind of inspiring isn't it yeah very and much they was... got... sorry, Go sorry. No, no, you're no, they've got the horn uh there's one moment i know we get to where when um he's a he, he first time he gets this he gets the suit and you've almost got the beginning of the superman riffs you know as it, as, as it begins as before he puts the suit on and then you got the classic instrument and and you're right, and the theme tune I think is one of the best things about the film. There's a lot of yeah. good things about this film, but yeah, you're right. I don't think we can underestimate how good how good that theme tune is. I think it's really it's such a heroic theme tune. It is, and when they showed this um, on like the pre-screening, this actual clip they had the Superman music, the original Donna Superman oh. music playing, which oh. is also really effective mm. as well. But it's it's kind of always going to be the Superman music. It does fit with this, but to replace it with this tune, it could have been risky, but I think it's, it just sounds really inspiring. It's a real superhero theme yeah. tune, isn't it? Yes. Which, absolutely. I, which I think makes it even more ironic when you see the guy at the top of the building with his wings, looking fantastic, <laughs> looking with pride out on the city with everyone fucking cheering when he jumps off and it is so good because he literally goes so straight so fast and then you see him you can see a taxi down the bottom and you think he's going to fly up in all his glory and this is our hero and then he just fucking wipes out of his taxi it is such a good introduction yeah is all the people <laughs> applauding, aren't they? Like, yeah, they smashed into the taxi, and they all just go, "Oh, oh dear." What? Well, yeah, yeah, but but it, it starts the tone of the film off really, really yeah. well, I think. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it was quite clever, thought... wasn't it? Because he was mm. narrating, and then this happens and stuff. Yeah, it's it's quite. I, I liked it. It was very clever. I honestly yeah. thought when I first saw that, I was like, this is actually, there are other superheroes, proper superheroes in this movie. And you know, the concept is he wants to be one. Then you see that as like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought that as well. I kind of thought it's either going to be one of those things or, you know, when, you know, like the film Megamind, when they kind of show you the end of it at the start and then you yeah. go back to them in that position, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I I thought it could be like that because obviously I didn't have a fucking clue when I saw this, but no, it's really really good and I love the chemistry between um, Dave and his two mates, uh, uh, Marty and Todd. I think it, it's really really good chemistry. It's very believable. They're all kind of geeks and not really high up on the social circle, are they? Uh, no, they really aren't. <laughs> No. But as a trio, I think they did. They, they found three really good individuals to to act in such a way that you it's almost believable. Mm, definitely. And just when they're in the class, and you've got that teacher, and you've got Dave just watching her, and I love the way they show clips of him in his bedroom when he's uh, 
he's talking to Todd and they're just basically wanking off to every single thing. And that teacher <laughs> bends down and uh, he fantasizes about her bending over and you get the cleavage shot. And then she, he makes out that she's going to take her top off and imagines rubbing her tits and stuff. <laughs> but when she kind of tells him to refocus, she, I don't know if it's just me being a perv as well, but there, there seemed to be a bit of a smile as if, Yes. I know you're watching my tits yeah. and I like it. <laughs> I got that as well. Yeah. I knew you would, mate. That's why I can rely on you. My wingman. That's how people get arrested. <laughs> but did you get that, Jay and Rav? Yeah. Yeah, she, there, yeah. there was that little yeah, smile. That. A cheeky little thing, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. likes it. She likes it. But, you know, it just takes me back to my, my days at secondary school. That's all. Yeah, everyone had a teacher like that, didn't they? Oh, they did. Yeah. So, so good. But yeah, she does give that little look. I I also like it when Todd says, go on this channel, and you've got like African tribes women with their (laughs) He's rubbing one out to that. It's so funny. I I literally wanked to anything. He's like, (laughs) 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 he shows that. I was like, oh, major. He's meant to be uh, 17 years old, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Hit Girl's twelve, but and again, it's really, really dry. And and I like the the way the narration speeds things along, like, especially with the scene when his mum and dad are at the uh, table and they're having breakfast and they're just chatting shit, and then suddenly the mum just have a brain aneurysm and just drops dead at the table. <laughs> I did not expect that. And again, they say. This isn't one of those voiceovers where kind of we're going to get my revenge on the baddie. And they, they do that pull away clip with the trope. Like, I'll get you. I'll get my revenge. And I really love that because this is like a, a superhero parody story, isn't it? It is. It's it's a really funny way of dealing with a really horrible situation. It was You just didn't expect it, did you? It's like, like fucking hell. His mum's just died and he's taking the piss out of the situation. It's so weird. Yeah, there's no mourning, which is good. They kind of look at it and they may even make a joke out of it. But yeah. and, and it only takes five minutes until you have Todd and Marty in probably the best comic book store or the coffee bar ever. And they're talking about why aren't people superheroes, like normal people superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting. Like, I, I, I just don't think in, in England, I just don't think you could be walking around be a superhero i think you'd get arrested or murdered or probably probably both yeah Yeah. all that (laughs) (laughs) you're clearly insane off you go well that's the well later on i know we're getting to it that's the kind of impression that certain members of the public gave to him initially anyway didn't they but if you saw someone walking down the road wearing a superhero outfit you'd think it was a birthday or like stag do or there was comic con on or they were mental and you crossed the road <laughs> yeah basically but it does resonate did it res- resonate with you because it did with me this part of the film because when you're younger i mm-hmm. certainly did anyway you almost feel like invincible don't you in a yes sense. and of it course, did yeah. it sort of you know when i was probably was probably younger than 17 i'd hope you do think about, oh, it'd be awesome to be a superhero. So, oh, fuck yeah. Especially, yeah. that's what they love, isn't it? They they 
they're in co- this obviously in this store every single day yeah buying comics and yeah this is their bread and butter isn't it so it's yeah it's i'm not surprised having this conversation and and it would be fucking amazing and i even talk about um batman having that much money and he's able to be a superhero but yeah and it's we've had that conversation when we did the batman podcast of what makes someone does it make them insane that they want it to regardless of the money that they want to dress up as a superhero with all their gadgets and be a vigilante i, I think it's a really interesting debate and it's something you could talk about for fucking hours really isn't it definitely yeah it depends on the world as well i mean let's take just a quick caveat the batman world you've already got superheroes in there so someone with money it's just like elon musk the nicest supervillain ever <laughs> yeah yeah, it's quite true. It's really weird. And and it kind of they explore this universe even more in the second one, which is quite interesting, especially with the characters in there. Um and we're soon introduced to Chris DeMarco. And it's really funny that he's with his massive bodyguard. And I love the fact that Dave walks over to him to try and make friends. And that guy walks over to him and just tells him to fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> I love the way his two mates who are sort of like goaded him to do it. Yeah, you know, they're looking and seeing he's told to fuck off. They both turn round like, oh fuck yeah. And then his mates outside as if he kick his ass and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> kicked his ass? No, you wouldn't. Have. <laughs> and then we soon get onto the two kind of thieves the two not even a fucking gang they're just two scumbags who seem to hang around in the same car park why they haven't been dealt with i honestly don't know this seems to be their car lot where they'll break into cars and just mug people and they get robbed of their phones and their money or they've had their phones taken from them previously (laughs) and it's a real kind of awakening isn't it in a way where they're, they're just talking about superheroes why aren't people superheroes why can't someone make a difference and here they're getting fleeced. Yeah. And you've got that guy in the window who just does nothing. And even the commentary from uh, Dave, you get quite a lot of this. When he says, look at that guy in the window just doing nothing. What would yeah. you do in this situation? And I think it's a really good question, isn't it? It is. It is. It makes it, it, makes it more real. And it shows, up, I think the first half of the film is about as realistic as a superhero film almost you can get. Yeah. And, it's, and it seems like that and what, what what comes later that really, really ground it. And I think this film does really well because it grounds it. It grounds it really well, keeps it almost like as realistic as obviously it can be with the, with the, with the funny bits in. And you're right, because let's be honest, let's all be honest. That is will probably most likely happen. No one's going to run down and save you from these two, are they? Let's uh, on, on the, you know, are they? No. It's, it's sad, no. but it's, it's true. They're more likely to just get their phones yeah. yeah. out and film you. Yeah, bugged, aren't they? And mm. posting it on YouTube or something. But it's that What's moment that? that is the the kind of the epiphany that he has to be a superhero. And when he orders his wetsuit, and so that's that it has to happen for a reason, doesn't it? And that he thinks kind of naively and blindly that getting that outfit will make a difference, and he can take people on, which is really strange, isn't it? It's naive. Why? It's naive, isn't it? It's almost like a, a it's, it's his gross. armor, isn't it? But it's a fucking wetsuit. It's not going to do anything. 
No. It's, yeah. But it's, I suppose Rav's right, it's screw loose. You'd have to be fucking mental to just say, I'm going to buy this shit suit off the internet and then go around with a couple of pieces of wood on my back. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And But as you say, they're all into comic books and he's obviously inspired by every superhero. So he believes this will make a difference. And you get, you go from here to, to real life scumbags where, and I even point it out at some point in here, he says, well, where there's fantasy superheroes walking around, there's real life baddies, which you found out, which I, I really like the way it's narrated. And that's when you first get to see, um, not Chris, it's, uh, his father It's Jack, isn't it? Yeah, Jack D'Amico, and he's like he's a great. He's in Kingsman, and I think this guy is really, really good. He really does command the screen when he's on there, regardless of what he's doing. And I love his henchmen, who, as they all are in these films, are just absolute clowns, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are caricatures of of the typical <laughs> fucking stupid yeah. henchmen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially Big Joe is just. <laughs> He's like a typical New York Italian mafia guy, isn't he? It's just, oh, yeah. he's so funny. And you've even got fucking um, old guy from Press Gang, haven't you? What's his name? The, he was in Lockstock as well. Oh, I can't remember his name now. That's What's really uh, Dexter Fletcher. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I was surprised that he was in this. I, was I like, know he pops up it? in everything, didn't he? He's like Samuel Jackson. Yeah. A bit of a weird one. Dexter Fletcher, is that the same guy that used to do Games Master for one season? I, I yeah, Dominic Diamond and Dexter Fletcher, no? Wow. I don't know. Nice. I, had a, I had a girlfriend. Is that the same know. guy? That is pulling that out of the bag. I don't know. No, I don't know. No. You know what I mean, don't you? I know what you mean. I don't. I, I can't recall it. That's that's a big shout if that's true. That's hilarious. Uh, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll leave that with me. I'll find that one out. Yeah, please find that out, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Actually. I mean, as I say, I had a girlfriend, so I'm really not too sure. Oh, I was but... a virgin since I was 30, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> tissues don't count, so maybe it's 35. Wow, tissues don't count. I've got a photo of him from Gamesmaster. I'm, go- I'm I'm posting it. I'm posting it in the film or podcast as we speak now. What do you guys think? I think it, is it, is it, uh, it could be the same guy. When would could that be the same been around? Guy? That would have been the 90s. 90s, yeah. Yeah, it's him, yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry. Blimey. There we go. Now I know. Now I know. There's probably about two other people listening going, yes, and the other people are like, shut the fuck up. I don't know what you're going on about. <laughs> yeah. Games oh, Sorry. No idea yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Great show. Well, it's weird, isn't it? I think only on this show can we do a one, do, do, do a film review about Kickass and talk about Games Master and then be related. But there we right. go. Moving on. We tangent. That's what we're good at. And talking bollocks. So both of them together is amazing. But you get Jack's gang, and you learn that uh, loads of coke has been nicked from Jack's gang, and the guy's blaming a, a superhero character, which they don't believe him, and they keep fucking mocking him that Batman stole his drugs, which <laughs> is really, really funny. But yeah. on the same note, you learn just how nasty he is and how ruthless he is, which they seem to fit in violence it's as if they sneak violence in this and make it all rosy through pink glasses of a joke. And it's easily overlooked, isn't it? Just how violent this film is. Oh, it's, it's very comical. violent. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, comical. Got... Yeah, so it's almost comical as where they're yeah. doing it. Um, it's slapstick almost. So, you slapstick know, you, going in Mark Batman. <laughs> yeah, because he explodes, just, he pops. Out. Oh, okay. Especially um, as you go further into the interrogation, the gang of the Land Rover scene, it just pops. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it works. Yeah, fuck it, we'll go with it. It is amazing, isn't it? That this and when you think this film is, especially when you've got um, Hit Girl on there and uh, Big Daddy, just how violent this is and then you just think hit girl's brilliant she's so much fun and you just don't talk about just how violent she is and how like what a psycho bitch she is but i think that's credit to this film that they can do that otherwise it could have just been a violent film for the sake of it with no story or entertainment and and you could look at um what's that film you hate neil we did shoot them up yeah like shoot them up was really violent and you said it was absolute shit with no story and it was just terrible. And this could have easily, I think, gone that way with a weak story, weak acting yeah. and characters with just and the violence would have stood out. And as Rav says, because it's so slapstick, the way it's done and funny and over the top, I, I must admit, I just ignore it. I sat and watched it with Samuel today, who's 12, and he was cracking up. So... And normally you just wouldn't, if this film was just violence, you'd be like, no, it's too violent for you. But they mask it with comedy, which is probably yeah. wrong. But Well, it is a comedy, isn't it? It is a comedy, but it's, it's an adult comedy. It's, uh, it's not on the same level as Deadpool, but it's that type of thing, isn't it? Where it sort mm. of takes the piss out of itself, but it still has the violence and the gore and stuff that keeps people interested and sort of yeah. the shock the shock value if you see what i mean yeah it's a dark comedy yeah definitely where mm. the, we, we shoot up it wasn't funny it was the action scenes were awful and i know that's my opinion and we all have our no, no 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 i mate mate I, i've not been funny i've had more fun watching my diarrhea slip down the side of the fucking toilet bowl than watching that film <laughs> yeah what from that what shoot them up yeah yeah oh, said the man who brought us fucking Oh God, I've bl- I blanked it out of my mind now. Van Damme, Carly Minogue, Street Fighter, your yeah. favourite film? Yeah, yeah. Mate, 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 I, I, I choose a hundred Street Fighters over watching Shoot 'Em Up. Me too. Easy. Me too. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow, wow. Mate, I'd rather honestly, I'd rather watch Mortal Co- the original Mortal Kombat one oh, and yes. two and Street oh. Fighter and any numerous number of other shit action films over that. I couldn't possibly watch it again. Yeah, because true, mate, it wasn't even the so bad it's good. It was just horrible all the way yeah, through. It was just ter- it was just so unbelievable. Anyway, we've been, we've been down this road before. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but shoot 'em up. Yeah, but what I like about it, you mentioned it, shoot 'em up. Um, and what Stu mentioned is the opposite of kind of like Kickass. Yes, you have hmm. the the ultraviolet Kickass there, but it's done with that with that kind of like dark, almost like a gritty a gritty humour. And and there's and 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 there's a, almost a purpose to it. As it wasn't just violence, as Stuart was saying, for violence for violence's sake. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I think that's credit to, and I, I do agree with you in regards to shoot 'em up, um, and it, it is just ridiculously over the top, and you get fucking sick of it. And and we've had a lot of films like that where it gets so violent that you get fatigued with the violence, and this film. Is done so well, and I think a lot of that goes to the way Matthew Vaughan's done this, and the actual the cast in it is so good that 
you even the baddies even chris and jack you like them so much even though they're fucking evil and uh, we'll get onto some of the bits of what he actually does that they're likable characters so you just overlook it it's like you're invested so much it's like i accept this part of his character this is what he does so i accept it because it's not over the top and it's done so well and maybe if they would have had better actors and better script in shoot 'em up and not uh, clive owen who is flat trying to hold a film together on his own which he wasn't capable of doing but it just maybe that film would have improved as well oh fuck i honestly don't know but not at all. I don't. I don't think it could have been improved. It was just poor from start. The, the yeah. writing and everything was just shit. I don't mind Clive Owen. I think he was an idiot for doing that film. But he's done other films that he's done. You know, the uh, the Inside Man, fantastic film, and that's basically just him talking throughout most of it. But I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That be yeah, I did. Good writers though. Exactly, and the, the writing on that film was. It was non-existent, really. It's like, okay, we haven't got a bit for this, so we'll just fill it with stupid minus violence, like shooting a fucking roundabout with a baby on it and all this other nonsense. Yeah. You know, that's where it became unbelievable in the sense it was just nonsensical and it was supposed to be fun, but it just was shit. Yeah. Whereas and on you're this right film, with this, it isn't. No, you, I mean on this one, you had people who, I mean, you obviously had Mark Miller on there, Matthew Vaughan, and you had Jane Goldman, and they're all big comic book fans, mm-hmm. and they're all invested. And you get that experience with it that they actually do give a shit, which, again, when you have like Star Wars for someone who isn't invested into it. But when you've got someone like doing the shorts, um, like Obi-Wan and um, like Boba Fett, Mandalorian, when you've got John Favreau um, and the, you know, everyone else who writes into it, who writes each episode, are massive Star Wars fans. I mean, the fucking difference that makes it's. It's been steered by someone who gives a fuck, which is just huge. You can't put a price on that. Definitely, other than the fact that the Boba one was awful. But. Yeah, it's. I think the expectation for me was probably too high, to be fair. But you have people like that Dallas Bryce Howard, who I wouldn't expect to do a fucking Mandalorian, and they pull it out the bag. Yes. And it's because yeah. it, they give a fuck, and it's just incredible. But um, yeah, again, we fucking tangent on Star Wars. <laughs> but how much do you think when they're in that room? There, he owns a timber yard. Um, Jack uh, D'Amico does, and obviously they talk. They leave and talk to that guy. And again, it's the funny the conversation because he's in the car talking to Chris, and you can hear the guy being tortured inside. And all they're talking about is they want to go and see the film, and they don't want to miss the trailers because they're going to get popcorn. And but you can hear the guy being tortured, and you never get the sense of kind of Chris being disturbed by the, the level of violence of what his dad did. He clearly knows what his dad's doing, doesn't he? Yeah, he's intrigued. Yeah, definitely. He's, he wants to be his dad, doesn't he? He loves the sort of lifestyle he's got and he wants to be like him, power. Yeah. Hmm. But again, they use that violence. You can hear someone being tortured and then they have the conversation in the car, deadpan, about what snacks to buy which is brilliant because once you're listening to that and it's really kind of unusual conversation they have with regards i want to slush you i want two flavors mixed together 
Um, you just don't expect that. And whilst you're listening to that and laughing, you're ignoring some bloke being tortured and murdered inside. So again, it's just done really well. I, I just, I love the style all the way through this that they do that. The next scene is when you see Nicolas Cage and, and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz in this open landscape and he's got a gun. Daddy, I'm scared. Come on, Mindy, honey. Be a big girl now. There's nothing to be afraid of. Is it going to hurt bad? Oh, child. Only for a second, sugar. A handgun bullet travels at more than... 700 miles an hour. 700 miles an hour. So at close range like this, the force is going to take you off your feet for sure, but it's really no more painful than a punch in the chest. I hate getting punched in the chest. You're going to be fine, baby doll. And you don't know that he's, initially, that he's her dad. Or she, uh, and he's pointing a gun at her, and he fucking shoots her. And the conversation he has with her, is that a gun goes at 700 miles an hour, and this is going to take you off your feet. And he just shoots her in the chest. It's so fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It was one of those, like, what the fuck moments. Especially it, it, the, uh, the cotton coming out of the jacket. Like, oh, God. Yeah. And it makes it more worth the conversation later. Like, it's quite a normal thing for this father and daughter to have. Because then she wants an ice cream and goes to the bowling alley after he shoots her a few more times. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The look on his face, she gets him so much when she wants a Bratz doll. Um, oh yeah, puppy. It's so so good, isn't it? And I love that line. It's absolutely brilliant. There, but do you think that he? Obviously, you learn that he's been set up by um, Jack D'Amico, and due to that, he was a police officer and he went to prison for a long time. And his, um, I think his wife was pregnant at the time and she yeah, killed herself, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, she took an mm-hmm. overdose and died during childbirth, yeah. Yeah, which you, he attributes, rightly so, I suppose, down to, to D'Amico. And yeah. so he's getting his re- revenge and uh, Mindy was the result of that. Do you think he's a good dad? or not, or he's just brainwashing a 12-year-old, taking cause all the childhood away, because Marcus, the police officer, um, like, friend who supports him, and again, it's a different actor, but he's in the second one, says to him, you're taking your daughter's childhood away, you're brainwashing her. I mean, where do you stand on that? It, it, it's kind of like, yes, I don't think he's a good dad, but then he probably cares for her more than, I think, the a lot of dads do for their own daughter, but in, in maybe a wrong kind of way, but he's still there for her. He spends time with her and he cares about her. It's kind of, he's like the best dad and the worst dad all rolled into one. I know that sounds a bit weird, irresponsible and everything, but he does really care for her and he look and, and, and he looks out for her just in a really weird way. I know that's not really the answer you might want to, but he loves her. Yes, he loves her. But the fact is he's never let her go to school. He's kept her locked away from everybody. Basically, turned her into a, a killer just yes. because he wants revenge on the guy that's taken his sort of five years of his life. And yeah, he's a he's a fucking psychopath. He's you know, yeah. tall. That's what she's been used for. Um, yeah, exactly. An implement to to get his revenge. That's all she's used for. Yeah, she is a weapon, isn't she? And mm. you know, he's when you when you get down to the crux of it, he's. A, He's a fucking terrible father in that regard. He's he has completely taken her life away from 
uh, well, at least five years of it. Okay. Anyway. No, no, you're right. But when you look at the time he invests in her, the time he spends with her, and the fact that he does love her, the argument I'm making is, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, is you think of some horrible dads um, that, that, that you may have like come across with or, or friends of yours have, have heard mm. of. He's still in a messed up kind of way. He's still infinitely better than them because she seems yeah. to be fairly polite. Yes, she looks a bit, the hair look, look, looks, look, looks a bit crazy polite until she puts the hit girl costume on, of course. Um, you, you know, and, 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 quite, and very knowledgeable, arguably about the wrong things, but she's not stupid oh, God by, by any means. And he has brought her up to a certain degree with good things. But no, yeah, yeah, you, you are right, though. I think you and Raz saying that she's been brought up as a weapon. I, I can't, I can't argue with it at all. That's absolutely right. But you're right as well, Jay, in the sense that he clearly loves her more than yeah. the world, and he'd do anything for her. But there's the caveat of he's willing to yeah, put right. in a superhero costume and let her fight people that are, you know, five mm. times her size. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> with wearing pink hair and swearing and shooting shit, you know. It's, yes it's it's that's the comic book world though isn't it it is so, so. origin story you're honest yeah mm. yeah so definitely yeah it's fun that it's different isn't oh it? definitely different that's for yeah. sure it's fun that yeah it's different. and i don't think it would have been as effective if it was if he had a son and it was a little even a bit the same age as 12 years old that mm. if, if he had a son who was 12 and again we've only 16 minutes into this film and you get kick his first mission when he's out and again he goes back to see those two guys um and unfortunately for him he decides at the wrong time to grow a pair of bollocks when he walks across that um car park what the fuck you looking at i said what the fuck are you looking at two cheap shit losers screwing with a car that someone probably worked their ass off to pay for Say what? Leave it be, man. This motherfucker is obviously high. I'm not high. I just think it sucks you guys think you can do what you want. Just walk away from the car and we can forget about this. He gets taken out and then bang, he gets hit by a car, hit and run. And it happens really fast. And when I first watched this, I honestly didn't expect that to happen. I did not know what was happening. It was really, really well done, wasn't it? Very abrupt. But it's just, yeah. it's interesting though, because it is exactly what was probably happening. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right now. Yeah. And I did like even even the acting where he doesn't want to do it, and he kind of like as you said, grows some balls suddenly. It's like, well, okay, in for a penny, in for a pound, kind of thing. And just you, you see the change in him. He just squares up to them, and you're like, oh my god, what are you doing? And the yeah. guy that hits him in Definitely. the car, yeah. And the guy yeah, that's in the car is the uh, is the neighbour from the the same guy that looked and did nothing uh, earlier. He's oh, is it? Thought it was good. Yeah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same guy that looked no, at him earlier. that. Mm-hmm. That's quite he ironic. The fact off. that he hits him and drives off and yep. sees everything, but yeah, it's really really shocked me because I expected that to be the first fight and him come out a hero and yeah, go on same. from there. But yeah. to have his first mission fucking end up with him nearly dying really, really did surprise me. And again, you, you get another scene where you get a big Joe go and see uh, Jack back at the hotel. And Chris, again, wants to join his dad 
uh, kind of prove that he can run the business. And again, they're talking about that the drugs have been taken and they realise that possibly, which I think is funny, that someone dressed up as Batman did, may have taken the drugs and that the guy they tortured possibly was telling the truth. <laughs> and, uh, I love the fact that even though they admit that and acknowledge it, that they don't give two fucks, do they? And that the Russians are saying it. And when they invite the Russians to go and have a chat, that that ends up disastrous. But in this scene, I, I think it's really clever. And it's Mark Strong's face has got, funny enough, very strong features. It's great when he's sitting in that chair and the scene turns into his face as a painting, which Nicolas Cage is doing. And I think that's the way it's captured is really, really clever. It shows the obsession Nicolas Cage has that he's painted all of their faces and he's sitting in a room covered in weapons. And clearly all he can think about is getting um, D'Amico and all of his gang and killing all of them which he clearly, as we spoke about earlier, pushes on to Mindy. And, it, and I think this is the first indication of fucking, wow, is he completely insane? Because uh, I think he is insane. I think Nicolas Cage is nothing but. He loves his daughter, don't get me wrong, but I think he's fucking insane. Yeah, he's, he's clearly fucking insane. He's nuts. His, oh, yeah. His desire to get revenge on... Um, to me, goes, that's all he wants, and he's nuts. And the fact yeah. that he gives him his daughter a couple of butterfly knives that she's ecstatic with, and she's flipping around stuff, and it's like it's completely normal. It's yeah. Just, yeah, he's the poor guy's lost it, hasn't he? And unfortunately, his daughter's getting the brunt of it, and without her yeah. even realizing that that's not normal. Yeah, but it, it's <laughs> such a good scene because when she's flicking them around. I love the pop quiz that he does to her. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, my God. Dad. Wow. Wow, Dad. Okay, pop quiz. What's the proper name for one of those? Easy, Balathon. It's uh, Filipino. Ask me another. Excellent, good. Uh, the AR-15 was a lighter, smaller caliber version of what design? Uh, Eugene Stoner's AR-10. Now give me a hard one. It's just absolutely mental. And again, the questions he's asking her, um, as everyone's just heard, and because the, the questions he's asking her are so weird and you're laughing, I instantly forget the facts that, fuck, he's just bought his daughter two knives which basically are intended to murder someone and you forget that and it's so easily forgotten because the scene is written and acted out so well isn't it okay. yeah I mean, both, both of them as the um the chemistry between both of them is really well done and both pick very good actors for it i mean nicholas cage yes fair enough but he, he plays this role really well as a concerned but slightly demented father yeah He's he's an odd actor, isn't he, Nicolas Cage? I found some of his scenes unique. Unique. Re- yes, unique is a better word. I found some of his scenes really good, and then I found some of his scenes really quite awful. Did you really? Yeah, I did. What scenes like, did you find awful? Well, just the way he speaks and stuff. It's like when they were in the bowling alley, and he go he starts talking to her, and he's old oh, child, and it's just 
the way he says it and stuff, it just made me sort of cringe. And then at the very end, that's interesting. Yeah, and the very end of the film as well. Obviously, we get into what happens, but I just it was so overacted, it was unreal. But that is that's 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 Nicolas Cage let free, and Mm. that's what I love. I love it's this is for me a lot of the time it suits this film with Nicolas Cage's just let loose to go, and I found that he was acting when. I don't mean acting as in the film. He was acting at being a dad when he was saying those, oh, bless you. And that's why he sounded so weird. And he was then himself when he was being big daddy. Yeah, no, it was it was so, it was, I don't know. It just, for me, it felt, it just didn't feel right. It just felt, when he says old oh, child, it's, it's just sounded creepy as fuck. And I just didn't like it. And, <laughs> It did. Well, all about else. That's all it. No, I, 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 I like most of it. I didn't have a problem with it. My favourite bit is obviously when he wears the cape and he goes full on Adam West. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. But yeah. Yeah. What about yourself, Ravelar? Again, like, like I said, I, I think they picked him as uh, as the character Big Daddy. I think they did really well with the casting for this because. Nicholas Cage, we all know, is slightly unique with what he takes as as the roles, and and this role suits him really well for me. Yeah. And the chemistry he has with um, Hit Girl McClary, um, I think that it, it bounce they bounce off well with each other. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I think it's fucking insane. I think he is insane in this film, and it was almost as if he's not really acting. It's just. As I say, him being off the him. Leash. yeah, him yeah. being him, and it's just fucking mental. But again, talking about levels of violence, when they do have, it's not really a negotiation with the Russian, but they get a Russian into the uh, the warehouse, and they've got this microwave for drying wood, and they put him in there to question him. And as we said earlier, the level of violence is so way over the top. And you said Rav slapstick, which sums it up. They've locked him in this room, the microwave, and they're trying to ask him questions, and suddenly he's holding his head. And Big Joe's getting annoyed because he's not answering. <laughs> and suddenly he blows up. It's work like a regular microwave or what? Fuck do I know? We're not making a fucking hungry man dinner here. Just turn it on. Here we go. Okay, I want to know who sold you our coke. And don't tell me somebody who's dead this time. Who sold you our Oh. It's hilarious because he's asking, he can't hear him, and he's obviously being <laughs> fucking microwaved. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> even doing, you know, stupid sign language and stuff like that to try and get yeah. him to understand. But when he explodes, the look on his face is, oh, fuck's sake, I've really cocked this up, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, it's so, so funny. But, and then you go to the like, obviously uh, Dave has just woken up, uh, Kickass as in hospital, and you see his skeleton. And he says, I look like fucking Wolverine, <laughs> and, and you learn that all his nerve endings have been severed, and he can't feel any pain. And it made me laugh that his, his dad's main concern was the fact that the paramedic said he was naked when he woke up, and wants to know <laughs> whether he was fucking raped by anyone. <laughs> 
poor kid. Yeah. yeah. There's no welfare. Stabbed, you know, it's all good. <laughs> and his mates keep slapping him the next day in school. And yeah. I think you even care. I think it's not Todd, it's Marty. Picks a tray up and smacks him on the back of the head. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? <laughs> the thing is, this is something that you would do to us, or we'd even do to you, to be fair. Yes. It's so, so, good. And another kind of, you, he uh, speaks to Katie in the, the, the corridor. I got quite a Spider Man yeah. vibe from this. And he did it, first of all, when he was in his locker and she was speaking to him. So he thought. But she was speaking to one of his mates and he looked like a bit of a twat. And they redo that scene where she's actually speaking to him and she calls out his name, Dave. And the rumour going around the school, which is, and it plays out through this film really well, is that he's gay. And it's brilliant because when she's talking to him, which he longs for because she's really hot, that his two mates are in the background just egging him on. Then they find out that, by the way, mate, the only reason why she's talking to you is like he's basically a pet project <laughs> because she thinks he's gay yeah. she wants brilliant. a gay best friend doesn't she it's yeah hilarious yeah <laughs> the way they're taking the piss because the only way you're going to get close to this girl is by being an acting gay which is just not going to happen but todd and marty are, are just brilliant in the background hanging around they're so so good it's fucking hilarious this just like the in-betweeners might have missed this, but when was there something off screen that that made everyone think he was gay? Because he was found naked. Oh, okay. Like, so they thought Got he was, it. So. I, I thought it was bullies make up rumours. Yeah, and they see that. And in the film, every now and then, when they talk about superheroes, like blokes, they always ask him if he fancies him. Does that do it for you? Oh, and yeah, and he's still got to stay in character and pretend he's gay. And it, the way they play off it is fucking great. Definitely, definitely. Because, again, it just resonates. I can imagine this exactly what we'd be doing to each other. Yeah, 100%. Just, yeah, really pushing the buttons. Like, oh, definitely. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a really good come down of when he goes out on his first mission, it's to find Mr. Bitey, the cat that's gone missing, which... Is just such a come down. He's walking around in his uniform with his two, not nunchucks or two wooden sticks, and he's looking for a fucking lost cat. But I think it's very clever. Of all of a sudden, you suddenly get the cutaway of some bloke, and we never know why he's being chased or if he's good or bad. Being chased by two goons, and it's brilliant that you see him looking for the cat, and you get the heartbeat and the running. And it flicks back and forth. It's really effective, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. You've got, you've got yeah. to mention the whole MySpace thing as well. That he logs into his MySpace account. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus. That's, that's going back some. Oh, oh, that yeah. dates the film, doesn't it, massively? Yeah, it really does. There's a couple of bits in this about that date it, because he also says about, you know, one of his biggest concerns was to see how Lost ends. It's like, fucking yes. hell, that hasn't been on for donkey's years. What do you guys <laughs> think of the scene where... He's looking for Mr. Bitey, falls off that ledge and happens to land on top of those geezers who are beating the other one up. And then he joins in. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what. Provokes a reaction from the audience. Best line, One of the best lines in the film is, as he's hanging off there, he can't get the cat. Fuck you, Mr. Bitey. I always laugh at that. <laughs> when he says that before he falls. Come on. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Mr. Bitey, come on. 
Back here, come on, let's get you home. Come on. Fuck you, Mr. Bitey! Love it. so funny. Yeah. I really like that fight. I I think it's fucking great. I think it's so good. Again, it does date people using their phones and their terrible phones to video. But... Oh, yeah. It's just brilliant. The reaction of the person from inside that cafe. He says there's people fighting out there. And then he says, no one's really interested. And he goes, and it's fucking awesome. And then (laughs) fucking starts videoing. And to be honest, it's them videoing it that saves fucking Kickass's life, isn't it? Because the the two or the three attackers soon learn Mm -hmm. that, don't they? He has that whole superhero moment as well when he gives that speech saying, you know, you're beating on one guy. How does it make you know? What are you what are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the whole superhero moment for the movie for me. Um, But at the same time, when he when the kid goes into the into the uh, cafe and says, "There's you know one dude beating up all these guys," the camera work there looks so bad. It was like like a a B movie type type film. Yeah, and that does date it massively doesn't it it really really does but again the music's good they've got um prodigy playing and mm. i think the choice of music for all of these scenes like the fight scenes is absolutely awesome and that's why i get the tarantino kind of vibe because he's so good at picking music like really strange music that you wouldn't think would go together with certain scenes but it just seems to click and again it's just so good you've got omen a prodigy playing and people kicking shit at each other and yeah the video of it is terrible but you learn it gets what in excess of 20 million hits doesn't it or views something like that i like the fact mm. that it was yeah. sort of his moment wasn't it where he's like you know he, you know he's already been stabbed once trying to do this and he's his fighting's awful mm. it's still brilliant and he gets his ass kicked again really doesn't he but he just doesn't stop this time because obviously he doesn't feel as much pain but technically he doesn't win that fight they just no. walk off, don't they? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's, as you say, and I think it's good that the fighting shit, because it would have been really weird if he would have trained himself to be good at martial arts or good with weapons, that it just wouldn't have fitted. As you say, the fight is terrible and he would have got his ass handed to him, but but for the people watching. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, it's the type of movie for us, isn't it? Well, yeah. You've got like Hit Girl and uh, Big Daddy. They're, they're the professionals whereby he's just a kid who's put in a suit or a swimsuit and just gone out and decided to be, well, looking at comic book heroes and he wants to be a comic book hero, but without any kind of, like Neil said, training or anything like that. Yeah, I love when um, Hit Girl and uh, Big Daddy are watching this and Nicolas Cage, you watch it on the news, and he says he looks like a transvestite instead of kick-ass, it should be, um, should be ass-kick. Because that's what he does. He gets his yeah. ass kicked. And again, the way he says it is really weird. There's it, such snobbery in his voice, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, he's, he's definitely a snob. Yeah, it's so funny. And even Chris, when he's watching it with his dad, he says, that guy owns. And he said, if I had a problem worth fixing, I'd get him. And his dad says, I've got 100 people I can pay to sort any problem out. Like, don't worry about it. But <laughs> it's just so funny. And again, he... Is it MySpace that he or that he's using now? I think it's YouTube. I never had MySpace. MySpace. I think MySpace for the contact. He goes, my followers, so and so, kick ass, all, all, all these people. For the video, I think the videos on YouTube, but I think it's his MySpace because I, I recognised it 
from the messages, the, like the inbox and stuff, where you can send people messages on there. Look the same. Mm. Oh, okay. But even in 2013, I'm trying to think, 2013, I mean, I've had Facebook for a long time. If Facebook was around in 2013. Yeah. Or 20, 2010. Yeah, sure, it was around 2010 as well. Yeah, it was. I think it was the competition, though, wasn't it? It was it between was, MySpace yeah. and Facebook. It was. But I kind of feel that MySpace was popular about two years before 2010. Like, more popular, because everyone had a MySpace before this, way before this film came out. I could be wrong, but oh well. Honestly, don't know. I really, really don't know. I mean, I was quite late onto Facebook. I wasn't really fussed about it at the time. I thought but, you were um, going to say I had a girlfriend again. No, no. <laughs> I probably did. Yeah, I was always a bit of a charmer, but yeah. <laughs> but, Still are, ladies and gentlemen, if you ask, he does have a uh, OnlyFans page, so by all means, subscribe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> It's nothing quite like his OnlyFans. Exactly, exactly. But you get kick-ass when he talks to Katie and she talks about Razul, someone where she works in Needle Exchange, who she helped out and he took a shine to her. And I don't know whether they were in a relationship or whether because she befriended him, you learned that he gave gave her a black eye and assaulted her. But I don't ever know whether they were actually in a, a sexual relationship or were they? don't know, mate. There's, there's no hint of that, but you know that he's a problem. And again, mm. it's a massive. He's got a huge pair of brass balls that he. I think he obviously doesn't know what he's facing, and that he realises he's out of his depth. And he goes there to sort the problem out, to pass the message on, to leave Katie alone, which leads to one of the best scenes, one of the best introduction scenes to a character that I can remember for a long time. You've got this room with all of these gang members in. You've got this burb of these fucking tits who's rubbing them around everywhere. And he basically says, I'm a friend of Katie's. And the message is, leave him alone. And then he grows an even bigger pair of bollocks, doesn't he? And, and he says, like, oh. this is me telling you as I'm going to come back and break your legs. I mean, fuck it, hell. I know. But even before that, was it that woman gets out and goes, my name's Rizal, look at, look at my big tits. And he's like, oh, yeah. He gets quite yeah. excited about that, doesn't he? Which, which <laughs> made me laugh. It's, it's just his face, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Almost forgot while he was there, didn't he? he was like, oh, yeah, no, hang on, hang on, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, it really is. And it's brilliant when he gives it the large, um, oh, yeah. all, and then he teases him on the eyebrows, which <laughs> That was good, yeah. <laughs> he clearly hasn't planned anything that he's just, making all of this up when he goes along and in such dangerous situations and he, he goes to get his ass kicked and that's when that massive knife goes through him it's like the end of a spear isn't it and uh then it's hit girl yeah and it's so so good it really really is good i mean like the, the banana splits music's playing which is a really good fun kids music to extreme violence which is fucking great isn't it choreography is so good Oh, it's and it's, it is oh, brilliant. Yeah. And the fact her uh, first thing she says is, "Oh yeah, hey, cunts." So <laughs> <laughs> when oh, oh, she says it as well. Okay, you cunts. Let's see what you can do now. Eeny, meeny, miny, no. 
I was the first time I watched that. I, I, was, I was in the cinema and I nearly spat my lemonade out or whatever I was drinking at the time because I was like, "What the fuck?" It just took me out of the film so much, in a good way. Yeah. yeah. And when she's fighting, it's as I say, it's so violent. But when she stops and she looks at Dave, she has that massive smile on her face, which is so sick and twisted, isn't it? Yes. And it's like she's the, showing off. Yeah, it is. And all the time, Dave's going, what the fuck? What the fuck? And she's just smiling. (laughs) (laughs) And again, when when that geezer pulls that fucking butterfly knife out, she's like, I've got one of them. And she just throws it and kicks him into the toilet. It's just great. And what's really good is the lady who rubbed her tits together is like, come on, bitch. And she's like, so you want to play? And the next thing you see is two massive spikes going through this door <laughs> where she's just impaled her. And yeah. oh, it's just violent. It is so violent. And you forget that it's meant to be a 12 year old girl. It's done so well. This level of violence mm. is done brilliantly. It's perfect. It's, it's, the guard outside, if that was, if that was me, it's, oh no, I'm walking away now. I'm, I've just seen two massive yeah. fuck swords come straight through the door. <laughs> I am going to take a break, I think. <laughs> and when that guy comes in and he he may may not have i don't know have taken her out you learn that big daddy's there with a sniper rifle and that he bollocks her goes what should we do we enter a room keep our backs at the door and the fact that he's telling her off and she goes good shot dad yeah. it's a headshot and it's poor dave is on the floor has not got a fucking clue what's going on and it's <laughs> It's great. It really is. I can't think of another scene, even in fucking Marvel films, where you're shocked as much as this of what's actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's not been many films since that I can remember that I got this reaction. And, and it's weird because looking back at the interviews here, um, of when this film came out, there wasn't, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but there, there wasn't the shock of the level of violence in this film it was all, no. it was more the fact they used a 12 year old girl which really surprised me especially with some of the films that have been out that they seem to have criticized the level of violence that they didn't in this film which which is fucking bizarre because i'd naturally put two and two together if you're doing this film using a girl for the shock factor to cut people up and just impale them on spikes but i do like the fact that um Matthew Vaughan is rubbing in the fact that he's married to Claudia Schaefer or Schaefer, whatever her name is. And when he goes, um, they leave the apartment, you've got that massive billboard of her in the background looking absolutely stunning. <laughs> and it's basically him saying, look at my wife. Isn't she fit? I thought that was a really, really good that's, touch. That's clever. I mean, I'd do the same if I was married to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> She's absolutely stunning. And again, you get that interesting bit where, and again, it's the divide of the two superheroes of where when they do make their escape, Hit Girl jumps across two buildings where when he was learning his powers, going through his kind of Spider-Man montage of jumping across two buildings, he couldn't do it. So again, it's almost as if they're highlighting, I do this for a living, yours is just a hobby and you shouldn't be involved. But Hit Girl really does want, or she appears to really want Dave to come with her, doesn't she? Or was she being condescending? No, I think she wanted to because he, that, she was the one that sort of pointed him out to her dad, wasn't she? So Someone I think she's something similar, probably. 
Yeah, so I think she's generally interested in having someone else like them hmm. about. Yeah. Sort of, I probably wants a friend to be honest because she hasn't got any. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the real, real, real reason to be honest. The fact that she's not allowed any, but and it, it's kind of you could look at this as coincidental, but uh, we learned that uh, Razul works for um, Jack DeMarco or D'Amico and that the money that's been taken again is his money. And they're always because um, big daddy and hit girl are so careful. They're always attributing this to kick doing it all the time. Aren't they? Yeah. They have no, no one has any idea of um, big daddy and hit girl. though, do they? So they don't realize there's mm. anything like this going on. So the only one that is around is kick So I think they also massively think that it's him that's doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's kind of unfortunate on Kick-Ass. And even when they do get one of um, the other henchmen's phones who's got a picture on, they naturally attribute him to being one guy doing it. Yeah. And so we see some of the missions that Big Daddy goes on his own. But they again, they attribute this to poor Kick-Ass, who mm. is fucking useless, to be honest, at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> uh, yes. He is. He's just a kid still, isn't he? At the end of the day, he, he hasn't got any skills other than courage, but that can only take you so far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, having a big pair of yeah. balls, you yeah. know, the biggest balls in the world, but they're not going to do you any good. Yeah, but he uh, feels no. a bit disheartened after. He, he feels a bit disheartened, doesn't he? He says to himself, "Like, oh my god, I'm in over my head. Look at these. These are these are these are the real deal. Look at me. I'm just a guy in a condom suit, kind of thing. You know." <laughs> I kind of feel sorry for him. Yeah, you do. You do feel sorry for him because you, you know. Imagine we'd all be exactly the same, really. Absolutely. You know, well, maybe not you, James, but everyone else would be. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. And what did you think of when they they track down and again they show that their knowledge and their worth that they find Dave or find Kickass through his IP address through his website that he's put up. So they go around and visit him, and that's when. You see Nicolas Cage talk like Adam West in Batman 66. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. He nails it. I didn't say anything to anyone, I swear. Good move. Ass. Kick. Let's keep it that way. Let's call it insurance. Makes it easier for us to take your word. See, we like you, but we don't trust you. Don't take it personal, though. We don't trust anybody. I rerouted your IP address. Finding you was way too easy. Oh, shit. Yes. I, I loved it. I mean, what did you guys think of it? Being Batman fans as well, especially. Oh, loved yeah. it. She runs out the um, the window, holding his cape out to the side. That was, that was a brilliant touch. Yeah, right. it's just, it's, it's a complete piss take, isn't it? It's showing his, I didn't realise he was such a comic book nerd, to be honest. So you sort of, saved him a little bit from me on this film um but yeah it's just a piss take it's very funny yeah i thought it was great because they did this and there was um a cut of this as well with uh nicholas cage talking in a, a very gravelly voice like a, a from the dark night <laughs> okay. yeah and so, it's kind of just like a, a piss take and the annoyance of that voice and how stupid it was but I thought it was fucking brilliant. I thought Cage absolutely nailed it. I can imagine he had so much fun doing this. Um, and it's yeah. weird because 
when you think this is a mock piss take superhero and when you think he's actually been a proper superhero or anti-hero in Ghost Rider, which absolutely bombed was a terrible film, which is so strange, isn't it? Because that's his opportunity to do something amazing and it is absolute dog shit. I've never seen the second one. And in this is great. Well, I think, again, it's, it's down to the writers. Especially Ghost Rider, because I, I, I love Ghost Rider. Because uh, some people, like, for example, Stu, you've got Iron Man. I like Ghost Rider. But the, the, writing, the writing for that was piss poor. Mm. And, and, and this one, you know, you've got really good writers. You know, Matt Miller, a great, great comic book writer. So he's lent half his skills to this. And the writing in this is, wasn't that bad at all, mm. as opposed to some other superhero movies that we've seen. It's like, what the f- is going on here? It's, mm. I mean, is, is Ghost... I've never seen it, because it was Nicolas Cage that was cast as Ghost Rider, so it instantly put me off. Um, but is it a slapstick title? Because I know it's a serious character, but did they make it slapstick, or did they try and make it serious, but it was shit? Whereas this obviously try is... Make it serious. Okay, whereas... This is obviously a comedy, isn't yeah. it? It's a dark comedy, so I think yeah. that's where it works because you know it's a caricature of comic books, isn't it? It's, it basically takes the piss out of the whole superhero franchise, and that's yeah. kind of the whole point of it, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, it, it's just, I think, as we said earlier, that it goes to show that people are capable of doing it like cage mm. in this is capable of being a superhero yeah it's a parody of a superhero but yeah. he's there but with a ghost rider and the cast isn't that bad to be honest it's just possible i don't know anything about ghost rider to be honest and that was the first taste i had of it and it was just a real shame because maybe the writing behind it just wasn't great the direction behind it wasn't great the film is just terrible i mean if they did a remake possibly a gritty remake an r-rated remake yes then it uh, it could be better and darker but this just wasn't that's the thing isn't it that's the thing with certain comic books and stuff like that you can't go you know pg or 13 with it you have to be gritty and i Mm. think you know from what it seems like you know ghost rider is probably more down that route it's the same as spawn spawn is an awesome idea and it's a the, the film is crap but the comic book series and the is, is fucking brutal if you try to make that a 13 it would just be a pile of junk and it's yeah there's just certain things you cannot do and that's probably what ruined it yeah i agree and we've said that so many times of different mm-hmm. films when they they don't make them R-rated when they should have made them and for an audience and for profit are understandable and it just doesn't work and it's got to be done in the right hands like Deadpool someone I never knew anything about Deadpool never did and done right with the right person and the right director and someone who throws themselves into it yeah it can be absolutely amazing you couldn't see anyone else but Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool now though could you I'm touching myself tonight. You get a cutaway scene, which threw me, where you get D'Amico in, this, in uh, his car with his, uh, his driver, 
and you see a guy wearing kick-ass outfit kick-ass physique walking like kick-ass and he follows him and he can't believe his luck that he can actually get kick-ass on his own and take him out and he does and when he follows him down the alley and the guy's there is that the same guy from the hit and run who looks out the window and sees him or is it just another member of the public who gets shot uh, by Jack D'Amico I'm just looking at it now, seeing if it is. Because I couldn't remember, I can't remember whether it's the same person or not, or whether it's just. No, it's a different person. It's a different person, yeah, right? Because I thought that would have been really fitting that he ignored this crime, yes. hit him, and then died because of someone mistook him for him. But I really thought when I first saw this that he's going to get shot, and because he can't feel any pain, obviously he can still die, that this will be another arch for him getting Jack back again. But it really threw me and it's really evil that this is an innocent member of public going to a fancy dress party dressed oh, as yeah. kick-ass. Cold, cold-blooded murder, wasn't it? Just yeah. murdered him. And the guy that he saw him, he just shot him in the back and stuff. It just, you know, he just went fucking mental, doesn't he? Just couldn't control himself. Yeah, it's fucked up. And it, what makes you laugh that this is cold-blooded murder that, he gets really pissed off. He goes, "What's when he sees the news headlines of kick-ass lookalike <laughs> murdered, he's like, what sick bastard gets dressed up as a kick-ass and goes to a party or a kick-ass entertainer? Uh, yeah. It's so funny the way he says it. It's just, he's fucking evil. But I do like the fact that you get his son, Chris you, uh, McLovin, comes in with his own idea of dressing up like Red Mist. And it's absolutely yeah. brilliant to lure him in it's a genius it, idea. It's fucking great, but what a weird character that he dresses up as oh, Red I Mist. Know. It's, I know. Uh, it's, I don't know what he's trying to be, but it, yeah, his hair and everything is just ridiculous. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It, must, it must take him so long to actually get ready. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he'd have to need to know need to know an hour before an emergency happens. You know. It's just, <laughs> It's great, isn't it? Have you seen number two, Neil? You haven't seen that yet. <clears throat> no, have I haven't. You? I haven't seen number two. No. Uh, just wait until number two of what he calls himself and changes. Then it's okay. Fucking priceless. It really is. Oh, but just before he... all this, though, yeah, we missed the scene where the bloke gets crushed in the car. Oh was, yeah, you, you get was, um, um, old game master or beast yeah, master, the, don't you? The games master gets crushed in a car, and of course, but wonderful scene where dave is in the room with his his girl well his wants to be his girlfriend and he's given her a fake tan oh it's, god it's just so fucking cringe isn't it it's like how has he not got a fucking massive lob on like, yeah because he's in his pants as well yeah, isn't I know. He? he's in his tight pants rubbing lotion all over this naked woman girl's back and he's oh my yeah. lord I know. I thought that. I thought you'd instantly get a boner. And being that young and probably a virgin, you'd end up shooting your load as well. So. Exactly. I was just like, fucking hell. This is the best and worst thing to ever happen to someone, ever. <laughs> yeah. How can something be so good but so horrible at the exactly. same time? Oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great scene. Yeah, and that death where Dexter Fletcher gets popped in his... Uh, oh. And his Jeep. I think that's a nod to Layer Cake, the yellow Range Rover as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think even what he was wearing and stuff, wasn't it? I think it was very 
homage yeah. to that, definitely. That's a great film, Layer Cake. Really, really mm. good film. Yeah. Absolutely superb. That's yeah, Guy Ritchie as well, isn't it? I think. Superb. Yeah. Um, Matthew Vaughan, isn't it? So, yeah. Oh, is it Matthew Vaughan as well? Is it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And Jack agrees to sell one of his um, associates out to uh, Red Mist to solve, so he becomes a superhero and uh, gets arrested and superheroes on TV and becomes an instant overnight success, which is really, really clever as, as a way of a plot driver mm. of getting the attention. And he does meet up um, one evening. And I love the first meeting of these two where Kickass is in the alley <laughs> yeah. trying to do his hero pose. And he turns around and Red Mist is standing exactly the same way in a hero pose. It's so fucking tropey. It's brilliant. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? They're trying to out-pose each other, and then he jumps <laughs> off the bin and hurts his ankle. He's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. Oh, McLovin's fucking great in this. He's still McLovin, though, isn't he? As, as you said. Yeah. He's still McLovin, whatever he does. Does he? Has he done anything since this, though? I can't I mean, role models, which is quite yeah. funny. Right, okay. I just That's don't very really good. see him in anything anymore. No, I saw him in something the other day on Sky um, that I was watching, and it was only a very, very short part. It wasn't even a main part. It was just a bit. I can't even remember what that was now. Um, but no, okay, he's eh? another one. Yeah, that good. That I suppose he's just typecast to these kind of roles now. I think yeah. possibly McLovin, as you said earlier, Neil, may have been the best thing and worst thing to ever happen to him. Yeah, well, it made him yeah. famous, didn't it? But like you say, he's been tight. He plays a very, you know, it's very similar, isn't it, in this? Yeah. The whole way he acts and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I've had a look and no, he hasn't really done anything, to be honest. He's been in a few re- weird TV shows, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking shame, really. But mm. it's great. And I kind of got the impression with these two that it, obviously he's there to, to lure him, but on chris's part he's really he comes across as like very fond of him like he's really struck up a good relationship with him isn't he doesn't have any friends of his own does he no but how much of this do you think is a like a facade of luring him and how much do you think chris actually does enjoy his company and wants to be with him i think he does actually genuinely want to be with him and he's very naive to See, yeah. He seems to come across as naive to what his dad's going to do to him. But even though he's seen his dad torture someone, which doesn't really make sense and kill people, that no. surely he would have expected it. I think at the beginning... No, because... Sorry, Jay. His dad gives him his word, doesn't he, I think? Uh, sorry, Neil. His dad says, the, the deal was, he's not going to have kick-ass. So he's like, oh, okay. And then he makes him the kick-ass. So I think he believed his dad at the time. Okay. Even though he's what? naive. Because his dad said, uh, the deal was, I think, because you heard him... Said, oh, oh we, you promised you wouldn't hear kick us. Yeah, right. no, so that was part of it, yeah. wasn't it? But mm. I think at the beginning, he was obviously very much wanting to impress his dad and stuff. Mm. Yeah. As the film progresses, you know, he's he was very much, wasn't he? Like it wasn't anything to do with him, and he sort of saw him as a friend. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't realise that. I, I do like this film the way they cut this, that they obviously give his dad and his dad's henchman the heads up of, yeah, I've got kick he's in the car, I'm bringing him to you. And I think it's really clever that they get to the warehouse, the, the, the timber yard, and it's on fire. 
And then they do that cutaway as to how it happened, of how it's on fire, and then the fact that you learn that it's Big Daddy there. And I think it's really, really good, isn't it? And I think it's great for once that Big Daddy's on his own and that Hit Girl isn't there because it shows just how good on his own and how dangerous on his own that um, Big Daddy is because he fucking takes all of them out, doesn't he? About eight of them. Oh, it's a good scene, yeah. Was, yeah. Showcases yeah. what, like you said, his, his, him by himself, all that training that he must have done. And now he's parting onto his daughter, so make her just as equally as skilled as he is. Yeah. Definitely. I thought the whole way that it was captured was brilliant as well. Mm. Yes. To be fair, because it was in that Teddy, the spy cam for the nanny. And when you look at the clips, it's like Teddy cam one, two, and three. <laughs> it's just the yeah. nanny in her <laughs> yes, underwear. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? It's like so, a... so good. <laughs> and then number four is the massive murder. But yeah, it's like, oh, it's just a perv cam. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> well, what did he say? It was, um, you, you bought this to spy on the nanny. Yeah, here, here it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Love it. Yeah, you've got the wrong idea of that, but yeah, it, it, it's really, really good. And again, it's it's Chris's kind of intuition in a way that shows that it isn't um, Kickass, which he thinks he's kind of relieved Chris in a way that maybe Kickass can be his mate and that he's nothing <clears> to do with this. But that obviously doesn't rub with Jack, and it's the first time to a certain extent that Big Daddy slipped up, that he hasn't gone below the radar, which even there is panic in his voice. And Marcus, because obviously the police are aware of all his goons dying and the police have seen the footage as well, haven't they? And he knows it's him and he's like, well, they're after you now. And he was unaware that this Teddy was filming the whole incident and he, he's mm-hmm. fucked up, isn't he, basically? Yeah. But there again, why would you know that there's a Teddy there that's filming, so unavoidable yeah. i think wasn't it but you're right he's always so careful and then all of a sudden they all know that there's this guy that looks incredibly like batman yeah um, killing his henchmen. yeah <laughs> i do like the bit where because it's all getting too serious now and there's a couple of times in this film two or three times where kick-ass thinks fuck it i'm gonna jack it in this is way out of my league. And he thinks, I'm going to wear it one more time. I'm going to go and see Katie yeah. and come out of the closet in more than one way. <laughs> that goes fucking tits up. That's a really good scene, oh, isn't it? It's hilarious. In fact, he, he's standing there posing, saying, hi, I'm kick-ass and all this. And <laughs> she's got the hairdryer on. Yeah. And just sprays him in the face with fucking hairspray. Oh, oh that's got a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like the bit. and it's, They've used it in a few films where... He gets blown out by her and he's going to leave and he goes to turn the handle with the bedroom door and she goes, Dave, wait. And he yeah. looks like, he goes, the alarm's on downstairs. <laughs> 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 it's so yeah. funny. But he does get the girl in the end. He, he does make out with her. And it's really funny because you get the impression that his mates don't know about that because when it shows in the comic book, when they're talking about kick-ass, they're like, oh, he's not that great. And Kate is there, no, I think he's really fit. I think he's really cute. And um, they're at it like rabbits. And it's it's a really, really good scene. It really like a middle finger up to a Todd and Marty. The fact that he's got the girl. He's yeah. come out the closet. Because yeah, she's really out there, isn't she? She goes, oh, if Kick-Ass was out here, I'd, I'd fuck the shit out of him or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, oh, do you want to go and see this movie? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, we're not invited then. So, yeah. 
they're yeah, fucking brilliant, brilliant mates. Yeah. They really are fucking such good fun. Yeah. And you get the bit where they kind of set up a meet, and there's like a code word, isn't there? That if he wants to meet um, Big Daddy and Red Mist, that uses a code word. And I think it's on vacation. That's it, yeah. And I think it's really good that again he's going to quit, but then he meets up with Red Mist, and just for one more mission, and it's a massive setup. And it's true what they say later on, and it does lead to a really good scene uh, that he's it's Dave who's responsible for the destruction of everything from now on, isn't it? It's down to him. Mm. Would you say it's down to his naivety or his kind of he's getting just too fucking big headed or, or his confidence. What would you say it is? It's down to oh, confidence. I think, I think it's a bit of both. But personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. I think, well, you know, you, you might be right, Rev, but it's just to me, he's, he's clearly naive still, isn't he? To all of this, but he still seems to think he can make a difference, even though other than stopping one bloke being beaten up, that's all he's done really. Yeah. Also, you've also got the point whereby Red Mist, you know, he thinks Kickass is a hero. So, you know, he, he, Dave might think at this point, I'm going to show him that I've got other superior friends, maybe. Well, he said in the car originally before they went to the warehouse, didn't he? He said that they there's mm. more than us yeah. out there, and that's where this plan comes from. And at this point, he's because he, he, he even says to his dad, he goes, look, he's just a nerdy kid. You don't have to worry about kick-ass, but we can use him to lure the uh, yeah. the other s- superheroes in, and that's why they do this. But for me, you know, Dave's just a bit naive, really, but still wants to do the best. Yeah, he is coming off the back of his glory still of yeah what he's done prior in this film, but it's... Uh, you still get that sense of anxiety of the way it's panned and the way it's filmed when he's in that car, when he's with Red Mist, which is really interesting because it's not that that buzz that they had before. And they do arrange to meet him in the safe house. And when they're doing that, he tells Mindy to order this object and just put it in the uh, the shopping cart and it's arrived. <laughs> I had no clue that that was a jetpack at that point. No. Did you guys? No, no fucking idea. No, I, I just have a big gun. Yeah, because because it's three hundred thousand dollars, didn't he? Because I'll put it in yeah. the basket, and then <laughs> when it arrives and they open it, it, goes. It looks different. Well, it didn't have two massive Gatling guns in the website. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking genius. <laughs> been great, but I knew that bazooka was going to be used because they did traditional pan yeah. in that bazooka. So that's going to come round again, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah, I did not expect. I mean, when they do meet in the safe house, and when they go in there, instantly Kickass is—he's so proud. He's so like giving it all the large. He knows these two people. He's introducing Chris there, but I was really surprised. And they did kind of foreshadow it where Chris shoots um, Hit Girl, and obviously she's used to taking a bullet. But I was surprised that, um, especially uh, Big Daddy, got captured so quick. And this film does flow fast, but they really capture him fast and take him out, don't they? Yeah, definitely. It's always shocking when you watch a kid get shot, even if it's, mm. you know. But yeah, I suppose that's the whole thing, isn't it? His yeah. naivety as well in relation to the fact that he doesn't, still doesn't know at this point that he's 
Well, I suppose, no, he does know that he's been found out, doesn't he? But it's yeah. odd that he's allowed himself to get captured so quickly. But I guess the fact that his daughter's been shot, mm. he's more sort of focused on that, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think what's interesting is the scene of when they take over the TV channels, just like they did in Batman, uh, and everyone's watching it. It's on the uh, the internet. No, it's on, yeah, it's on TV, isn't it? Then it goes on yeah. to the internet. Um that for me, this is one of the first times in the film where the violence is more apparent because you've instantly, and it's interesting what happens once you take that comedy element away, that this scene feels one of the most violent scenes in the film when there is far worse has happened. Oh, it does ramp up. Yeah, definitely. It's brutal though, isn't it? It's a proper, like one of those... What, killings, isn't it? It's a killings on it's a live yeah, torture it's, it's and executions like the yeah, beheadings you get. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly the same as that, but so it's absolutely fucking brutal. And the fact they show as much as they do on the news until they go, oh, actually, it's a bit much now. But you can, yeah. But you can still watch it on the internet. <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> and that sums up society that they all race, knowing that this is two real people being executed mm. the fact that they all race to watch it, it it's really twisted isn't it it really speaks about humanity as to how twisted they are yeah but they're, they're, they're probably it. right Stewie. that's the sound thing if that, if that happened now that would probably be exactly what more people would do than not would you guys watch it no, no. i couldn't watch it no. i don't think i could but you would like jay said people would rush to watch it but I guarantee you there'd probably be millions of people re- who would then record it and then release a video, their own yeah. video of it, uh, doing a documentary of it or whatever, uh, yeah. to try and make money out of it, because that's how sick people are. Yeah, yeah. YouTube reaction video or something stupid yes. like that, yeah. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago, the um, the attack, terrorist attack in France, where the officer was shot point blank. That was shown initially, and then they took it off, but then... A couple of hours later, it was all over the shop, wasn't it? On YouTube, well, mm. YouTube, other sites. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, really fun. It's it's sad, isn't it, that that's where we're at now, that people don't really think of the individual, how it's affecting the family or the, the community or anything. They just care about their views and putting shit out there. It's Yeah, and it's done really well in this film, isn't mm. it? It's done fantastically well. Uh, and it's amazing... As soon as you take that element of comedy away of just how dark this film suddenly becomes and you think, fucking hell. And they do break it. It kind of the the shit where Todd and Marty are watching it and uh, Katie's girl, uh, Katie's like, friends, so upset that she's, uh, I think she's cuddling Marty. And Marty taps his, taps Todd and he looks, he's like, yeah, I've been cuddled. And that's so funny. The only way you can get any attention is due to this horrific scene on the internet. But he's still feeding off it. It's fucking well funny. But Taking the win. And it, then it just goes another level. And again, it's probably equally as violent. But because it's Hit Girl and because it's done so well with that element of comedy, the POV of her taking his goons out with the night scopes, it's fucking brilliant. I love this. It's done so well, isn't it? Again, the music is absolutely brilliant. It's so good. Do you know what it reminds me of? Oh, yeah, it's better than Doom. I, that is exactly what I was going to say. It reminded yep. me of Doom. A lot better. 
Oh, it's not hard, is it? Fucking hell. No, it's really. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> it, oh, it, this, Jesus, this is... This fucking three minutes is better than Doom altogether. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's You can see... Uh, well, I still don't think it's that good, but it's it's still a good scene. The fact that she's such... She's so good in it, isn't she? When, yeah. when it moves on from this and the flashlight and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah and it's brilliant and it's got Nicolas Cage with the he basically is on fire and yep. he's still shouting out instructions I love it. I absolutely love it. It is so I hated, good. I hated this so much. I, I really, I liked it, and I kind of felt sorry for because he's uh, now. When I look at it now, I know he's going to die, and that's her dad. It makes me really sad, and 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 it's just before the saddest scene in the whole in, in, in for me in the whole film. We get, I'm sure we get into, but I loved it. Him shouting, screaming out. I mean, you know, he, he helped save his daughter uh, whilst he's dying. Oh, yeah. don't get me wrong. All that. Brilliant! It's his voice in it that I've realised. I can't deal with it. It's over the top. It's over. Only Nick Cage can do. Yeah. Yeah, but it's brilliant. You know, it's fantastically done. But just the way he talks, the way he's screaming, it's just his voice. There's something about it that's just I'm like, oh, (laughs) like nails on a chalkboard for me. You know, but I appreciate how good it is. I just it's it's ruined because of his voice. That's really weird, isn't it? All the different points of view. I mean, I love it. It goes, go to Robin's Revenge, switch to Kryptonite. And it's yeah. just, he's insane the way he shouted it. And it was only when I watched this, as I've said before, with subtitles on, that I first time I've actually understood what he was saying. Well, exactly. And that's exactly my point. With it. Oh, no, I love it. It doesn't take it away from me. I, I love Cage in this. I think I love Cage insane. It's yeah. just... And that's, right. the, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, I completely appreciate what you're saying, absolutely. But for me, it's just his oh, just a couple of the <laughs> scenes, a couple of scenes with him, and it is literally just this one, and where that way he says that thing to his daughter at the beginning just yeah. creeped me out a little bit, and then the end bit, his <laughs> voice just went through me. But that's great, and the reaction from Chris and Jack who are watching it, you've got. Marcus, who's really pleased because he knows it's Mindy, and then Chris and Jack with their jaws on the floor. What the yeah. fuck happened? How can it go from so good to being so shit? It's just fucking crazy. And you even have, um, I think it's Todd, who says about Hit Girl, and he fancies her. And he goes, she's twelve, and it's just <laughs> that's wrong. But yeah, and it, it's just so sad that she's there and her dad's. Her dad's like dying, and he says, "Out like you've done a really good job," and he loves her so much. And yeah, it's just a really, really sad scene, which is done so well by I think it's done really well by Cage, and that he says, "I'm so proud of you, baby doll." And again, the reaction uh, by Chloe Grace Moretz is is believable when you think she's so young, twelve years old, mm. like meant to be a twelve year old doing this. I don't know how old she was in real life, but it's fantastic. It's believable. 
even well, though it's over the top, it's believable. I do think that we need to have an award this year. It should be called the Golden Stew Award, where if there's a kid's in a film and it doesn't annoy yeah. Stew and he praises them, they, they deserve some kind of fucking award. <laughs> Definitely agree to yeah. that. But I can't, I, I can't agree with his analysis of the scene. But I'll probably be the only one. What makes what 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 always gets me, and, and I legit had a tear in my eye the first time I saw it in the cinema, was I think when they when they go back to the base after obviously Nicholas Cage's character, you know, Big Daddy's dead, and there's the two um there's the two hot chocolates they made, yeah, one for him, one for her. That always gets me, and it still does. Well, the thing is, I, I couldn't I couldn't see it like that because this no? was a piss take film, and it's just there's been so many people dying in horrendous ways and stuff like that, and it's all been comedy. I, that's the thing with these films as soon as you try to then add a, a serious element into it okay I'm, yeah i'm not in that frame of mind oh okay well, it worked and, for me but yeah fair oh enough. no definitely it, um, it, it works for different people in different ways mm. doesn't it but for me it was just like pff, couldn't give a fuck if he's dead <laughs> what about yourself ravlar where were you mate you can feel the emotion and especially with what's gone on before and then the way she acts post this incident it's difficult to say really um i think the the scene was acted quite well mm. but in and you know it, it did it did take a latter half of the film this part of the film did take a dark tone a very dark tone um, as soon as you see i mean you know like you guys said when you see the mooks die it's a bit like oh ha 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 funny funny yeah. but then as soon as one of the heroes dies i, I like it when things like this happen it's you know it's just show that they're not invulnerable yeah. Even though they've got those superpowers, but yeah, I, I, I like the the, sh- the the tonal shift of what happened um, in that scene. Yeah, definitely. I, I think any time they take a main character out, you think, well, who could be next? I mean, it doesn't really leave a lot of room um, for anyone else, but it, it's a kind of time that it reloads for the finale, isn't it? Because mm. we've only got, what, 20 minutes left, less than that. 15 minutes left for the end of it and you get that sense of when they're gearing themselves up to take um Tamika out that they look in that box again of you can see the two gatling guns standing up and she says look you're gonna need to start reading the instructions because we'll be going in about five minutes which is absolutely great and again i still had no idea what it was i really really didn't And, and it's great and when we uh that you've got all of these goons there who are cannon fodder, they're all numbers just to be shot and to be taken out. And it, it's a really, really good scene. And when Hit Girl comes to the door dressed as a schoolgirl, it is fucking great in that reception that she just kicks ass. And the way she's got the gun in that doorman's mouth and she's still yeah. shooting people whilst the gun's in his mouth through his head. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's sick. And it's, I've yeah. not seen that in anything. No, no, definitely very grim, but funny at the same time. Again, it goes back, it flip-flops, doesn't it, again, with the whole comical and then serious, comical and serious. Yeah, it's so good. I'd love to know, when she goes up the lift and she's on the landing, she's taking people out, and the making of this, I've got a making, it's like one hour, 58 minutes, and I didn't watch all of it, and that she's doing this kind of like wire work with this knife on this um, like rope, and she's getting people to shoot themselves. I'd love to know how much of that she actually did. Because it's acted so well and it's believable that she's actually doing that, throwing that knife around. It would just be nice to know what she did and what she didn't do. 
what is actually her. Mm-hmm. I guess a film awesome. like this, yeah, a film like this, you know, because it is, like you said, dark comedy. Why wouldn't you, if, if you were the child actors, like, oh, hell yeah, I want to go to the wire work. I want to start throwing, mm. things, throwing myself around. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I could imagine her doing it as well, trying it. But it's like the scene when you've got all the goons in this corridor of all the books, like the baddies always have shitloads of books. And she's got those two pistols and she just runs down and takes them all out. And it's such a, it's such a great scene. The choreography is way over the top, running up walls. and But she's kind of like punching people with her gun and shooting them in the head. It's, it's over the top and insane, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But they've built her up to be able to do this type of stuff from the beginning. So mm. it's almost believable. Yeah, you see what it I is. mean? Because she does sort of get her ass handed to her by Mr. D'Amico short while later, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she does. I love the, the slow mo yes. when she changes magazines in the guns and they're in the air. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, it yeah. Is, it's such a trope that's done in films. But John Woo. Yeah, yes. but it, yeah. it looks great. And even John Woo's referenced by Nicolas Cage, and which is funny because mm. obviously, uh, I think wasn't um, Face Off John Woo film. I think it was. Yeah, probably. Yeah, John Woo has the doves flying, doesn't he? He's quite notorious for that. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, so it's quite funny that he kind of mentions a John Woo film in this, but it's really, really good. And even when she's kind of behind that kitchen counter and she's fucked and she's only got those knives and they're all shitting themselves and they send the one <laughs> in and he fucking unloads a whole machine gun and he stands there and you know something's coming his way and the two knives get him in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so violent i love it it's weird how you can just get used to a level of violence in this film but still be surprised by it just fucking excellent and again you've got the bad reputation by joan jet playing which is a really fitting song that helps you enjoy people being murdered in a really brutal way <laughs> which is great. that's one way of putting it <laughs> funny what music can do isn't it it is weird what music brings to you yeah and it, <laughs> If done right. And when you think she's just about fucking had it because you've got, um, a, uh, what is it? Huge goon. That's what he's called on a IMDb. Huge goon. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's so descriptive, isn't it? He's a goon. He's got loads of goons. He's a huge one. And he gets that bazooka and you think she's just about had it. And that's when you get kick ass with Elvis Presley, glory, glory, hallelujah, oh, yeah. fucking playing. The music, again, has got to be applauded. And the Gatling guns just take everyone out. Fucking awesome scene, isn't it? What I loved about the bazooka bit was he comes in, he goes, I'm just going to get the bazooka. It's all under control. And <laughs> mate, he goes, all under control. You're grabbing a fucking bazooka. <laughs> so I thought that's genius. It's yeah, it's so good. You're oh. in an apartment and you need a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, like it's a twelve-year-old It's just um, fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's so but, funny. But it's all going well. Yeah, yeah. don't worry. Yeah. Under control. I just need this highly explosive device to shoot it with. Oh, fucking great. But yeah, the, the the scene with the jetpack and everything, the, the payoff to waiting was absolutely superb and it's really strange that you've got someone who's so good and so clever as a, a baddie like jack says 
Well, that was a strange noise for a bazooka. And it's yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. weird. That doesn't really fit that line, does it? It doesn't at all. It makes him look very stupid when he's yeah. not a stupid man. Oh, clearly. It is a very strange line. And then you get the pairing. He, she goes in the room, hit girl, you got kick-ass, and you got Jack and Chris facing off. And to be fair, and, and rightly so, Chris and um, kick-ass's scene is pretty weak, which does fit both their characters. And it's really, I found it really disturbing, and rightly so, of Jack beating the shit out of hit girl how strange and awkward and uncomfortable is it to watch it is isn't it it is yeah. very odd it's horrible watching just yeah. throw around like a rag doll and sort of i like think the only saving the only saving grace to that because it is it, it almost does start to get a bit uncomfortable to watch because i mean he's not holding back he's proper soccer as, as he would anyone else <laughs> is is the only saving grace is it makes kick asses return with the Elvis thing even more pro- even more prevalent because you, you you are almost relieved that that he's turned up. It's becoming so awkward, you know. Yeah. 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 I'd love to know Mark Strong's points of views of having to obviously they're actors and professionals of what they do, but just to to do that scene is and, and I think it's credit to it that it looks really uncomfortable and he knows full well that she's a little girl, but it is also interesting that he says, "God, I wish I had a son like you." Um, yes. to hit girl which is speaks volumes but yeah he's just about to shoot her in the head and as you say guys that you then see kick-ass get his moment um just before he's about to shoot her in the head with that bazooka oh, and it's <laughs> yeah you can pick on someone your own size and he's holding that bazooka under his arm and it's a really really great shot of him coming out the side of the building in this straight line and then just explodes. It's just so, it's way over the top, but it's oh, fucking yeah. brilliant fun. It's hilarious, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm no expert on the um, ammunitions, but I'm pretty sure the bazooka would explode on impact, not carry him through a window no, in no. the middle of the sky and then blow up. But it, it, for effect, it was brilliant. Yeah, it, it's fucking superb. And I love the scene and the special effects. Yeah, they're questionable of kick-ass carrying hit girl away with a jetpack uh across and it's not just done in toronto this is meant to be america but in like the skyline and it looks really really effective and they introduce themselves properly take their mask off and the wig off uh, and it's just a really really a, a great scene I, I love this i think the chemistry between these two is just fucking superb especially the age difference of 17 and 12 it doesn't make a difference, does it? She makes up for it with a level of violence, really, her age. She's a lot more... She's a lot older than 12, isn't she? As, mm. as in the way she's been brought up and stuff like that. She's mm. not... You wouldn't put her at 12 at all, would you? No, God, no. Yeah, her no. maturity is, is way above that. And, and it's interesting when she goes to school and Marcus looks after her and you've got the two bullies who try and pick on her outside school and you know she's going to kick the ass out of them oh they're yeah, that's genius yeah i'd love to see her at school days that would be just brilliant if they did an extra at the end of this of her kicking ass in school would be just fucking superb but it ends with all of the couples together and then um chris has taken over the family business leaving it open um for a number two. I like his line though. His line right at the end. Yeah. 
Uh, the Joker. Uh, not to Batman. Yeah. Yeah, Joker, isn't it? Wait, wait get till they get a load of me. Of me. Yeah, yeah, and we said it together, Neil. I love oh, you. I love <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that film is what an hour and forty six minutes. But they packed an awful lot into an hour and forty six. I thought, didn't they? Which is good though, I find, because you get a lot of films that sort of uh, three hours long, yeah. and you they don't need to be. So yeah. I completely think it agree. quite well with the timings. You didn't have, it didn't sit on anything for too long. No. No. So the big question is, did Kick-Ass actually Kick-Ass? And we'll start with Ravlar. Um, as I said, I, I wasn't very... Uh, this, this film didn't really do anything for me. It's just one of those, oh, it's on, I'll stick it on and see what it was like years ago. And... And as I said to you guys before this podcast, I, I struggled to get through this. I really did to a point where I was like, oh, what's on my phone? Oh, let's just scroll through Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case may be and have it in the background. And uh, it, it didn't hold me, unfortunately. Ah. Wow, I'm it's really, really surprised. Concept. Yeah, it's a, it's a good concept, but it, it just didn't have that thing. It's difficult to explain. But no, I, I, I wasn't for me, unfortunately. That's fair enough. So what would you give it out of five then? If it's on and you've never seen it before, you know, stick it on in the background. But that's pretty much it for me. So I'll probably only give it two, two out of five for this, unfortunately. Blimey. So if you had to pick a best bit, which it sounds like it would be a struggle, and you... Had to try to sell this film to someone on a best bit, what bit would you use? Just the chemistry between Nicolas Cage and Chloe. Um, that's that's quite good. And then you've also got the whole... It, it goes from slapstick comedy to brutal as fuck. And then slapstick again. Um, so it's a whole... The contrast is there, which is nice, but that's pretty much it and as for origin story it's kind of it's kind of unique origin story let's face it um not many superhero origins are like that so yeah i said i'm I'm struggling to to have anything further with this unfortunately wow no no it's fair enough mate it's good that everybody's kind of individual which makes it so good i mean james i don't know where you're gonna which side of the fence you're gonna sit on (laughs) for me i love it five completely opposite because I, I really really enjoy it it's one of these films I, I probably watch once every year it's different to all the marvel stuff um i would say it's an, you know and they obviously took from the comics didn't they but i thought even yeah. in 2010 i thought it was quite a brave it was a very brave film to do and it subverted my expectations but in a good way the opposite of what the last jedi did for example you know and there's yeah. some, some few shocking scenes and I came out of the cinema really, really happy. And I was quite happily gone into the cinema and watched it, watched it again. I really, really enjoyed it. Best bit. Um, I think, I think the, 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 the storyline and, and almost the shock value that I really wasn't expecting. I don't really think there was for me that I can say like a really, really worse bit. Nicholas Cage being Nicholas Cage is not necessarily a, a, a worse bit, but I can understand people that are not a massive fan of him. It could, it could great people a bit, but for me, that was, it was good. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. Neil, what's yours? Um, a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I 
didn't enjoy this the first time I watched it and I turned it off and I was a bit like Rav in the sense of I really liked the premise of it and when it first started I was like oh I could really get into this and then it very quickly got a bit I'm not that enamoured of it and I found myself having to force myself to watch it because I was getting a bit sort of bored of it yeah um to be honest but I, I like the idea of it um I would recommend people watch it because I think it's become sort of a cult classic yeah. now, if you see what I mean. Um, I am not a massive fan of Nicolas Cage. Unless it's Con Air, I'm not interested <laughs> in any of his films at all. Not even um, 60 Seconds? It's all right, but anybody else could have been in that film and it would have been good. Okay, it, was, it wasn't his performance that makes me like that film. The cars and the story is what made me like that film. Um so and it's Sean Connery saves the rock. You could take Nicolas Cage out of it and it's it would be good as well. So um I think he just grates on me a little bit. So I found some of his scenes which I've already spoken about a bit awkward not awkward, I just didn't enjoy it. I just find it it took me out of it. And I think the direction of it sort of again with him dying, couldn't care less. I wasn't invested enough in the character. Yeah, because it was Nicolas Cage to really give a shit if he died or not and to go from funny take the piss to then try and put something serious doesn't really work for me um, so yeah I'd, I'd say watch it to have the experience of watching it I'd only give it a two and a half out of five um, I I probably will never watch it again and wow. yeah it, it doesn't you know like I say I think if they did it properly with maybe different people and made it darker rather than trying to be fun i don't know i just it's, it, it wasn't it wasn't for me yeah no it's fair enough as i say it's, it's what makes the podcast that's so unique but yeah i i'd give this a four and a half out of five i really enjoy it i watched this a lot this film um i like i mean i just think it's a really really good fun film to watch i i love it and it's just I notice something different every time I watch it and I still laugh at the same bits. Nicholas Cage is, uh, he can, it's really weird. Depending on your mood, you can love him or you can just roll your eyes at Cage. And depending on what he's given you, if it fits the film. And for me, this was made for him and I thought he was brilliant. And I thought he gave the same performance as Caster Troy in Face Off where he's really over the top like the start of it where he's singing hallelujah and grabbing that girl's ass in the choir it's so Nicolas Cage and over the top and it's I love that about him so he was good to watch uh, Chloe Grace Moretz just wow off the scale didn't expect that of a, a child so young and at the time um, Aaron Taylor Johnson never seen him before he looks like a real geek and it's a bit like scott pilgrim where you don't expect it and you don't know what to expect and when i saw scott pilgrim at the cinema i had no idea of it the comic nothing whatsoever that i really i came away just really enjoying the idea and the concept and i got the same from this and the music with it was a great choice it fitted so well and the violence was brilliant so i'd fucking recommend this all day long but i think my prediction will be that you'll hate the second one. I honestly think you won't like the second one. I expect you'll probably be right. Yeah, which will be 
interesting to see and if you're about rav that i don't know i mean it'd be interesting if you do watch the second one um to let us know your thoughts on that as well because i think you'll hate it and it'll be interesting for for jay as well i mean i love the second one and it, it kind of gives you more but a, a different look at the superhero genre that it does mm. the second one but um yeah i think it's great so yeah I, i'll give this yeah say four and a half out of five really really good totally recommend it so mm. um but yeah next week we'll be doing kick-ass two uh, we might have a trailer yep. as well to do next week. I'm really not too sure. Um, but we'll have something random, definitely, if there is one available. Uh, but, I mean, what's everyone seeing? I'm going to see Top Gun again for a third time at the cinema. Blimey. Uh, on Friday, they've got Rambo First Blood showing, so I'm going to go and see that. And I'm going to go and see Elvis as well on Sunday. Oh, let oh, me know if that's any good to you. Yeah, yeah I can't Elvis. wait to see Elvis. I'm a massive Elvis fan. I'm I just really can't wait. The guy gives such a good performance from the That's trailers I mean. I've seen. Have they, have they, have they given it? Because we've had Queen, we've had Elton John, haven't we? We've had quite a few, so it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Compared, compared to the others, the very good ones. And I'm, I'm waiting. There will be another Michael Jackson one in the works, surely, at this point. If they're doing all these now. Well, we'll I they? don't know. I think... I reckon they will. I mean... What, or the controversy, I can't imagine they will. Yeah, what's Michael? I know Michael Jackson's a massive artist, but what's he done to make a film out of, apart from like the allegations that have made? Apart from things we should well, say. When you look, yeah. when, when you look <laughs> at the out of that, <laughs> when you look at the Jackson Five, they, they were treated really bad. The da, the, the, the dam was really, really, really strict. And and and, and from what I I, I know, it will be limited. It, it wasn't very nice. Not very nice moments in the household, and that would have been a lot of drama, especially his early years um, coming up. And then he had his um, film of the Pepsi commercial, wasn't it, in the eighties? And his hair got burnt and stuff. And that's and, and he had a really big case of body dysmorphia and stuff. He never liked his. And his dad used to say, "You got a fat nose and stuff." Um, when when he was little, look, look at the way he is now. So, it, 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 yeah, controversial aside, and you're, you're not going to be able to ignore that, which is probably why it may not happen, guys. Yeah, you're right. Um, it, it it could be it would make for interesting viewing anyway. Yeah, I think people just want to know about the the hot potato, don't they? The elephant in the room kind of thing yes. on that one, which is and that, done uh, yeah. documentaries on on the Jackson Five and him before mm. Louis, Louis Theroux followed him around and stuff, didn't they? So yeah, I'd be surprised if they did. You might be you might be right, Jay, but I can't I can't see it. No, I don't think I'd watch it. I I would. But yeah, I don't um, know. I, I just mean Elvis. I mean, I love Elvis's anyway. His music and his style, everything that was just fascinating. And Tom Hanks being in it is really reassuring. But there's he's got his stories with the Colonel taking advantage of him and the way he led rock and roll, his draft, his films. That there is a massive story to be told without any controversy whatsoever yes, really i mean you could true. look at the whether they'll bring the age difference in to relationships he had but things were not saying it's right but things were different viewed different like drink driving was acceptable people went down to pub i've only had five i can drive i'm fine it's just a different mm. culture but different time isn't it you can't yeah. judge them for what they did then so i think his story now. is probably more interesting to watch rather than 
Michael Jackson's tainted story. But yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, yeah, please do. I'm looking forward I'll, to I might it. Be taking, so. Yeah, I might be going with my mum. She's a massive Elvis fan. So yeah, oh, superb, excellent. Well, before we go. It's been a very long podcast, so if you're still listening, well done. Sadly, we've got no prizes to give out, but uh, has anybody got anything to add before uh, we go? Quick one. Anyone Anyone started watching Series 3 of The Boys? Yes. Yes. No, I need to go that. No. Okay, but without, without spoiling it from Rab, how the fuck did they get away about 10, 13 minutes in Episode 1? Oh, mate. I That's what know. I said. I was like, how, <laughs> honestly... What an my, opening to a series, my God. Literally, and figuratively. Yes, and figuratively, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, the, yeah. Honestly, that series is brutal. It's ridiculous. I know. And, the uh, shit uh, they do. I know. And the name of that superhero at the time, mate. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but you will never... A, you'll never guess how someone dies. B... You'll never ever see that again in another film or another no, series, no. apart from the boys, if it yeah. goes on to a female to a female. But it's yeah. When I just finished it, and I remember you said Neil, I think it was on the pod that just wait till you see season three when they ramp it up, and you think Jesus, how can they? Yeah. And as you say, Jay, within ten minutes, you think, yep, yep. they've done it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, are, I, are you in, I was gone. Yeah. Are you are you both enjoying it though? Yes, I love loving it. Loving it as well. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loving it. It's been um, earmarked. It's been given the go-ahead for season four as well now, hasn't it? So, oh, really? Good. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I just hope they don't milk it too much. Yes. And they give it four or five seasons and end it. And not it doesn't outstay its welcome. You can't, It yeah. kind of finishes. You sort of wanting yeah. more. And, and, then, and, if, and then it's one of those things that you'll come back to time and time again, knowing it's good all the way through. Unlike yeah. Lost or Game of Thrones, which shows so much promise, as we were saying, you know? Yeah. yeah. Completely yeah. agree, and hopefully Invincible will be making wow. an appearance soon as well because that was absolutely yes. amazing. That uh, new actually that should have I think I started last Friday or it's starting this Friday. New episodes. I can't wait for that. Of what? I think I watched season one again. Oh yes, guys. Yeah. Um, I tell you what. Um, I'm 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 watching. I'm watching that. When, when Invincible and the, and, and the boys finish, I'm wondering whether we do. One episode, if if no one can make it, and, and there's only a few people that can make it, whether we do like a roundup of 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 them, you know, have it, something a bit different. Yeah, anything makes to watch it. Yeah, definitely. yeah, always up for anything, especially in the bedroom. <laughs> okay, so that is it. Next week, join us for Kickass Two, and there'll be definitely, definitely difference of opinions for number two. But thanks for listening. Stay well. And if you're awake, well done. And uh, we'll be back next week. Cheers, guys. Bye.